Allen's a superstar. Stop being a hater, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Windchill Factor podcast. I'm your host, Justice General. Uh, today, I have some very, 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 very special guests. I have a partner in crime, obviously. Uh, we've been doing this like for like two, three weeks straight. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm, but like, I mean, we got to get used to it because, you know, we do have I'm, a couple I'm of so new used, coming up. Yeah, I'm so used to it. Like, just looking and seeing a message from Justice, like, hey, you free tonight? I'm <laughs> right. like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jake, Jake is my go-to guy. So, like, we, we've got First Round by coming up our new show. Uh, mm -hmm. August 16th is, is the premiere date. We've got, obviously, the lowdown every Friday with mm -hmm. my man Jake Jabrin. And then we've also got, you know, Maximum Marvel coming out at some point. Um, but that's something separate. Just putting <laughs> yeah. out there. But anyway, my man Jake Jordan is here. Um, I am and then, here. <laughs> and then I got one of, I mean, like, bro, like, this is one of my favorite people from Bill's Twitter. Like, I remember when Dave told me that, like, we had the opportunity to get him on the Built in Buffalo team. He was like, are you kidding me? Like, you've got to get him on the team. Like, like. We 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 gotta get him on the team, and I I did everything I could because I really admire his work. He's somebody I really respect. Uh, super high quality, just product all around. Uh, great football tape, just super super dope guy as well. Uh, we got Vince Taylor. How you doing, Vince? Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm blushing, and I don't know how to respond <laughs> to that because I I think you guys give me way too much credit. I do not see myself that way. I feel like everywhere I turn on the Bills and Buffalo team, like I'm surrounded by guys that are better than me. <laughs> and so uh, I I'm hoping that some of you guys' skill can rub off on me and make me a better podcaster because just as you're like beloved by everybody in the community, like you're one of the most popular people out there, and Jake Jordan just has the most. Well, first of all, his delivery is just excellent, but I'm jealous of the way that he structures his thoughts. Uh, he, he does a really good job on his pod. It's it's one of my don't misses every week, so I look forward to the Jake Jordan. The low, it's the lowdown, not the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my I absolutely God. agree. Uh, I agree with everything you said, although I don't agree that everyone else is better than you. I feel like you're probably one of the top dogs, you know, in, in the the Bills community, period. Not even just our team. Like our team is has we have a strong roster though. But um, uh, can I say something about Vince? Oh, absolutely. Every single time I put out a pod, this man sends me either a message or it's in our group chat, and it's always like, "Good job, Jake. Good job on your pod." Or like the other day, he sent me a thing. I didn't even see it till today, and I had to send him a thing like, "Oh my god!" But Vince, I listen to your pod every single week, man. And dude, you're just a good, like you, I, I said it in the text message I sent you, but you give everybody so much credit, dude, but you're like so good. Like I, I have a very limited number of pods that I listen to and Vince's is always in there. So like Vin, Vin, Vince is awesome. So you have just as much like right to call yourself just as good as any of us. But of course, you're not that kind of guy. So you're not going to. 
You're not going to be like, oh, I'm and just. That's what, but, what makes you love them even more. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just so exactly. humble. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that, but thank you very much. I, I always get real awkward when people say nice things about me because I never learned that skill. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you very much. Now that we got the pleasantries out the way, obviously, it's, it's awesome to have, you know, both of you on the podcast. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, so we're going to just hop right into the football discussion. Uh, Mr. Mr. Allen, Allentown, Josh Allen, USA, uh, Buffalo Bills extend Josh Allen six years, $258,150,000,000 guaranteed dollars. That is the most in the history of the NFL. Jake, what, what does it mean? Well, see, I thought that we were going to come into this podcast talking about Lamar Jackson's future contract. Uh, but I guess we're going to have to talk about Josh Allen, right? So Josh Allen just goes out here and gets this deal, which we talked about on my pod. We said, like, I, if it happens today or, like, in the next, like, this year, we're going to be good with it. If it happens next year, we're also good with it. When he got that contract, I promise you, Half of Bills Mafia, or even 99% of Bills Mafia had the same reaction as me. I was in my truck in my driveway getting ready to leave. And I look at my phone and I get a little just like notification on it. And it says, it's from the Buffalo Bills app. And it says that the Buffalo Bills have signed Josh Allen to a six-year contract extension, keeping him with the Bills through 2028. I got out of my car. So fast. My girlfriend didn't know what the hell was happening. I, we were getting ready to go buy some groceries. I jump out of my car and I start running around my front yard. I am like, if my neighbors looked at, they probably thought I was like having some bad trip or something. Like I, I was, I was freaking out, punching the air, just going nuts. Like keeping him in Buffalo. See the big thing, everybody's going to talk about the money right now. Yes. It is the most guaranteed and uh, in NFL history right now, it's more than Pat Mahomes and everything like that. Uh, we still don't know the full breakdown of the contract. I'm still we, we're still only like, what was it? Did that happen yet yesterday or the day before that? Um, they still haven't put out all of the numbers for it. So we don't know the full breakdown. But all I know is that the money for that doesn't kick in until the TV deals do in 2023, because you know Brandon Bean designed it like that on purpose so that the cat would be up. In a couple of years, like we're talking about the money now, like what is it, it's 43 million, like if you just break it down on what we see now, it's like 43 million a year per. If you have, if, if you have that, $43 million in 2024, 2025, like that could be like, who knows what quarterback numbers are looking at at that point. I, I love this deal. Of course, I love Josh Allen and dude deserves every single bit of it. Yeah, I was with you. I, I We all knew it was coming. Like this isn't a surprise hmm. to any of us. We knew that was being negotiated. But when it got announced, there's no rational reason it should have affected me that way because we knew that it was coming. And yet when it did, it, I was just, I was kind of like Jake, maybe not quite as energetic as Jake, but uh, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And there, and I was just, my, my football juices were up. I was, I was glowing and 
there's no real rational reason for me to feel that way because I knew that it was going to happen, but it represents everything I've went through in my life as a Bills fan, especially since Jim Kelly. And now we have our guy and he's here. And there are people out there that are worried about, well, he just had one great year. We're, we should probably wait. And I say, man, did you see that guy last year? That there's, that's not regression. He's unless barring like a Carson Wentz type injury and he's got his own problems besides the injury, but there's not where he's not going to fall off a cliff. That was a good signing. Get it out of the way now. According to Matthew Fairburn and Joe Biscaglia, a lot of that guaranteed money is paid in the first few years, which gives them tons of flexibility in the last part of the contract if they want to move stuff around. But I, I don't even care. I don't care. He's ours for eight years. What else is there to say, Justice? I mean, uh, I'm with you guys. I, I, I didn't get that. Uh, that same like emotional, you know, jolt, I guess, that the rest of Bill's Mafia got. I, I was just, I was kind of expecting it, you know what I mean? So it kind of didn't hit me the way I, I kind of wish it had. But, because, uh, you, you know, for me, I, I talk up the team so much and I rationalize it so much in my head and I put it like, you know, on paper so much that, the greatness is already just there for me, right? So it, it's like hard to get excited anymore. It's kind of like now I just need to see it happen to validate what I've been, you know, feeling. Um, and to that point, Bean does it again. Bean is a wizard. Like Bean is the guy. Like forty-three million a year for what could end up. You see the way I talk about it, like it's, it's hard to get excited because I say things like this, but $43 million a year for what could be the greatest quarterback of all time. That's a steal. Like that's, that's a steal. When, when you consider that we have him, obviously he's not going to, uh, yeah, that, that, pro, that contract is probably going to be extended or whatever the case may be. Uh, maybe he might, get a pay raise. I don't know. We'll see what happens if he wins as many MVPs and Super Bowls as I expect. Right. So um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited that this is the first time in my lifetime I get to go into a season knowing that I have a franchise quarterback. And that is a damn good feeling to have. It's, it's very bizarre and quite surreal, but I am very excited that uh, that is the case. <laughs> and let's let's talk about Vince brought it up. People already see I keep Vince is right there. Uh, if we just break it down to these people that keep saying, oh, well, what if he regresses this year? What if, the thing that makes me already think my dude's not going to regress is when he comes out and says, hey, I understand that they paid me for what I that I need to keep doing what I'm going, what I need to do in the future. Like if that doesn't already like ease your brain a little bit, like I don't remember Carson Wentz or Jared Goff after getting their deals going, like I understand that they paid me for <laughs> what I'm going to do in the future. I don't remember them saying anything like that at all. That just shows you that this dude knows and he is on a different level that like, Hey, I know it's one year, but it's not going to stop me. I'm going to keep going. It is so relieving as a bills fan now obviously i've brought it up in multiple podcasts with you and roundtables and things justice that 
I myself have not been a Bills fan and gone through the Trent Edwards and the J.P. Lossmans and stuff like that. I got into the game a little bit later. I've heard about all of it. So I understand why everybody had the reaction they did. And I understand why you say we talk about this all the time. So a lot of the things you see it and you're like, all right, good. That's a monkey off the back for us. But thankfully, I've been able to compartmentalize in my brain the part that is podcast, Jake, and the part that is dude that just likes to envision what the Buffalo Bills could do. And when I see Josh Allen getting that extension and being here through 2028, I'm just looking down at the calendar like, oh, 2028? Oh, that's a lot of years away. I'm about to have some good football for a long time, especially after having some bad football for a long time, man. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, I'm not sure, switching gears slightly, but talking about Lamar and Baker, because you know they're going to get theirs. Oh, yeah. I, it's going to raise the price of what they're getting. I'm still not sure that they're going to surpass that. I don't think they're going to go over it because why would you if you're a team? It's just not the same. Like I wouldn't want to pay more for Baker Mayfield than I would for Josh, but mm. it's going to raise the price. Now, if we're talking, okay, we're going to pay Lamar $40 million a year. I think the difference between 40 and 43 million a year between our two quarterbacks, huge advantage bills. And so uh, Vince, one thing. So if Lamar gets paid 40 million a year, obviously the MVP does get thrown into these conversation when his agent is trying to, obviously I would not pay more for Lamar Jackson than Josh Allen, but the MVP gets thrown in there. Do you think maybe he gets just, even if it is 40 million a year, do you think that he gets a little bit more guaranteed money than Josh Allen just for having that MVP? I don't know. That's an argument to be made. Um, mm. I also, if if I could pull back and, and look at Lamar, okay. and I have to always do this because people think you're a hater. I like Lamar. I'm higher on Lamar than a lot of other Bills fans are. I think he's hugely flawed as a passer. I don't think he's great at sitting back there and and defense and, and taking apart you know the zone or anything like that he can hit the open guy he can extend plays and of course we know what he can do with his legs but i think there's a much bigger injury risk for a guy like lamar than there is a guy like josh just because the way josh is built josh is a tank lamar is a twig um so i would think that some of that has to go into those negotiations some towards too and it's kind of a soft thing like you can't really quantify that very well but i think it's there yeah i I, I kind of feel like Lamar would probably get more than Josh. I feel like it would probably be Lamar's turn to go ahead and, and become the highest paid player type thing. I think that because he won an MVP and the fact that you could call it a regression, but it was still a good season by a typical quarterback standards, like production wise, at least it was still a good season. Like he didn't fall off the wagon and he's been consistently good for two and a half years now. So, I think that Lamar has made a case to get his money. I think he deserves it. Um, I don't think he's as good of a quarterback as Josh Allen. Obviously, I could say that Josh – I feel like Josh Allen could be the greatest ever. I don't feel like Lamar could be the great, like the most athletic and greatest ever in terms of that. Um, but I don't see Lamar just turning into a world-beater passer, uh, at least not to the likes of Josh, what Josh could become. Um, so, and honestly, I got a hot take real quick. Uh, 
I think that Baker is going to have to pay through his uh, his. Um, I'm sorry. I think that Baker is going to have to pay, play through his team option deal. Uh, and I feel like he might even be at risk of being franchise hacked. I don't see him getting a contract anytime. So I feel like they're going to wait until they're not giving him a contract this offseason because they don't know what they have in him. Right. So you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to be like Baker. You bet on yourself a little bit. We'll see what you can do this season. And I don't think he's going to perform well, at least not to the standards of what their roster looks like. Their roster looks like a Super Bowl winning team. But then you look at the quarterback and you say, right, they should be a Super Bowl. Like, it should be non-contentional, honestly. Like, they should be up there with the Chiefs. And they're not only because of who their quarterback is, in my opinion, right? So I feel like they're not going to achieve what they feel like they can. And uh, Baker is going to have to he's going to get franchise tag. I'm sorry. He's going to, you know, have to play through his team option. And um, I could see it possibly leading to him getting franchise tagged or if they don't want to pay that money, because then obviously you have to pay at least what you franchise tagging him for. He may not be the quarterback. I I don't know. We'll see where that goes from there, but I just don't think he's getting paid this off season or next off season. Um, But what are you going to say, Jake? Uh, well, first, I was gonna, I was gonna go back to Lamar, and say that if I was going to envision a Lamar Jackson deal, I think it's probably gonna be shorter. It's not gonna be a six-year extension, uh, just because when I look at Lamar Jackson, this is me. I see Michael Vick 2.0 with less arm talent. Okay, right. So basically, when we see, and of course, Michael Vick can be ex- the exception. I mean, he did bounce around and was had a fairly decent lengthy career at what he was able to do but the dude had the arm talent that allowed him to play a little bit later into his life a little bit later into his life in football he's um, a hard comparison to make because obviously a big chunk of his career is their play style is what what i'm throwing at that i mean just using the legs when you're when you're comparing those two quarterbacks, I see that, and I can see Lamar being able to throw the MVP out there, get maybe a little bit more guaranteed money. I think he's going to probably get the same, probably a deal that is similar to Josh Allen's, but on a shorter term. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, when I see Baker Mayfield, I think like he's he's kind of like on that Kurt Cousins level where he's okay, but he's not going to get you over the hump, right? So when when I see him, I completely see what you're saying, that they might take his deal all the way through. I think that Browns fans are just on the same level as Bills fans of having to go through all those quarterbacks. I mean, hell, you've seen the jersey that the Browns fans had that had the name of all of the different quarterbacks they had. They've gone through just as much hell. I think this organization, you don't have a quarterback that is lighting it up like Josh Allen. If Baker Mayfield was doing that, he'd get the deal right away. I think with the t- if you put Josh Allen on that Browns team last year, I mean, I don't even want to believe what they could have done because their defense was amazing. So, like, if if you switched them around, right, Baker Mayfield is going to have to prove more because of the players that he is in line with when there is a Lamar Jackson who has won an MVP and they're usually a perennial playoff team every year. And then you have Josh Allen, 
who's now looking like, in, in my eyes, the the second coming of like Jesus Christ in the league. I'm I'm embellishing that. That's not actually what's factually. Anyway, let's just go with I think Lamar is going to have to play through, or not Lamar, Baker is going to have to play through his player option to get that deal just because you know, the Browns organization might be a little bit hesitant to call the guy the guy if they can't get over the hump because I already put out a thing uh, today and Vince saw it. He commented on it too, and you can comment right off of this, Vince. Is I have not seen the Browns actually do anything yet, and I really do not know that I understand that they got and almost had Kansas City in the divisional last year, but – I have not I have yet to see this team achieve when they are fully against the wall. I mean, their strength of schedule, their whole division last year had some of the easiest schedules in the league. So I I don't know. I have yet to see Baker Mayfield really prove it like Josh Allen has proved it. I I oh go ahead, Vince. Well, um I feel like you can get yourself in a place where What's the alternative? So I I don't really want to pay Baker Mayfield huge money. But if I don't, now I got to start the quarterback search all over again. And that's harder to do than anything. Now, I like Baker Mayfield fine. I share many of Jake's thoughts. Like I, if I was going to rank him, he's kind of around Kirk Cousins. That's a really good comparison, I think. But to say that team hasn't done anything – well, they haven't done anything yet. That doesn't mean he can't or that he won't, but he he's going to get his contract. Maybe he does have to wait, and if he does have to wait, that should raise the price. But um, Spot Track has him – Spot Track's usually really close by like a million or two. They were really close on Allen too. Spot Track has Baker Mayfield projected at $35 million a year and Lamar at 44 and a half, which is actually more than Josh. Um I don't know. I just feel like when you have a guy and you feel you have to lock him up, otherwise you got, it's kind of like what the Redskins did with Kirk cousins. Like we didn't really want to lock him up, but we had to do something. So you franchise him and you start the quarterback search all over again. So that matters to someone getting their money. God, I was so happy when Kirk cousins signed with the Vikings and we didn't get him. That was like, Oh my God, it was, it was a heart attack almost waiting to happen because I knew that, you know, the, there was rumblings that we could sign them. And I was very not with that, but um, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I know that people feel the way actually that, that spot track thing that you said is a very good point because that kind of is, excuse me. Uh, that they kind of is like exactly where my thinking was going 44 million a year for, for Lamar Jackson, but you give them 155 guaranteed and he becomes the highest paid player ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I feel like that would be kind of in line with my thinking. Uh, and then Baker doesn't deserve more than 35. I, I honestly don't know if he deserves 35, but if you want to say, Hey, number one, overall pick, he's the captain of our football team. The city is behind him. We know what happens when the city can get behind someone, LeBron, mm. um, uh, you know, so I feel like if they want to make him the face, obviously they, they pushed all their chips in early, giving them progressive deals and putting his face out in front of the stadium and whatnot. So they kind of got to lay in the bed they made. Uh, but 
I, I'm not mad at 35 million a year. I, I Kirk Cousins, I think he's slightly worse than Kirk Cousins, honestly. I think that Kirk Cousins has shown that he can be consistent, at least. I don't think Baker has shown that to me. Uh, consistently average. Really it, is he consistently average? I feel like he <laughs> kind of teeters between below average and average. Um, because if you look at his rookie year, he was good. I wouldn't even say it was good. Are we talking just, about Baker? Are you talking about Baker? Baker yes. No, no, no. Baker, I'm saying yes. that Kirk Cousins is consistently average. Oh, absolutely. He's consistently average, but he's shown he can be consistently average, which has some value to it. You know, with Baker, his rookie year, he was, they called him good, but it was only because he was better than any Browns quarterback they'd seen in a decade, right? So that was subjective. Um, and then you consider his sophomore season where he had all the talent in the world to work with and didn't do very much his third season where he had even more talent to work with and did slightly better. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, so the, them being close to the chiefs in that game, wasn't because of him. It wasn't because Baker had like an amazing game, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, so I just, I don't think he's, he's that good. Quite honestly, it's just, maybe that's just me. I just, the way I evaluate talent, I can, I, the reason I was so high on Josh, and I swear I love Josh because he's like the vindication for the way I scout, right? The reason I was so high on Josh is because, like, I looked at him his rookie season and I said, this guy has zero help, like none, like none, besides LaShawn McCoy, zero. And LaShawn McCoy, that was his last season of production in this league. So as much as I love Shady, it's fair to say he wasn't even that much help, right? And Josh is producing with no help, virtually zero help, right? And he's producing. He's making guys who aren't good even look a little bit better than what they are, right? Um, His sophomore season, obviously, he learned how to play quarterback, uh, but he still was making highlight spectacular stuff that nobody else in the NFL can do, right? Uh, And then, obviously, I was vindicated his third season. Now, look at Tua. I look at Baker, guys like that, he has ample talent around him and he can't do anything with it. So how am I supposed to like I was, I, I, I'm I'm one hundred percent there with you, Justice. I think that Baker Mayfield with the talent that he has around him, Josh Allen, you pay him that money because when if a few pieces were to leave around him, you're still gonna have a player that can get that much production out of guys that are probably lesser. Baker Mayfield, if somehow he gets that type of money, guess what? You can kiss Odell Beckham Jr. goodbye, all right? Or you're going to have to kiss Jarvis Landry goodbye or Kareem Hunter, Nick Chubb. One of those guys is walking. Like, you got to think, if he doesn't have all of these dudes around him to give him this, I don't think Baker Mayfield is that guy who commands a $43 million a year contract. And what does it say about Baker that you give him virtually the best wide receiver in the league at the time in Odell Beckham Jr.? Because he was in that conversation, it's fair to say, right? At the time, right? You give him Odell Beckham Jr. and he decreases Odell Beckham Beckham Jr.'s like value so exponentially and significantly. It's kind of disgusting. Like I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to have watched that happen. Like he's basically a non-factor now, right? Like. We we all know Odell Beckham is 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 talented, but nobody's worried about him. It's like okay, even they they did better when he wasn't there last yeah. season. That's weird. 
That's weird. It was because, because Baker was when Josh to got an elite wide receiver. He then you started to say, "Oh, the elite wide receiver was the reason that Josh became a superstar." Well, then why didn't that happen with Baker? Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Jake? I was going to say that one of the reasons why the offense wasn't clicking, and then we'll get we'll get Vince on on here after this. Uh, the reason why that that Browns offense wasn't clicking is because, and it's been pointed out by Browns like beat reporters and everything, Baker Mayfield was force feeding the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. Even when Odell Beckham Jr. had no business getting the damn ball, like that was that was just something that Baker Mayfield, when that basically when that monkey was taken off of Baker Mayfield's back. It was better. So a lot of people blame Odell for that. Like maybe he was going in the locker room, commanding more of the offense to go towards him. And then when that was gone, Baker Mayfield, they were able to open it up just some more. I don't know what it is on that front, but I will say this. uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Significantly, who knows what it would have been like if he had stayed on that Browns team. But I would like to see what Baker Mayfield can do with, and I'm sure the Browns are probably going to do this too. Let's see what Odell Beckham Jr. does to the offense and Baker Mayfield when they go back in here, because they got a big decision when it comes to, you know, signing Baker Mayfield. Because you got to think about it. If you think that Baker Mayfield might be the problem, even though I doubt that they do, and they put all that stuff behind him, but you got to think that with all the talent they have there, if the Browns really were serious about going all in. I mean, they can sign Baker Mayfield, but if they don't think that he's the guy that gets them over the hump, you could try to bring in, God knows, some sort of superstar quarterback or anybody that you think is slightly above Baker Mayfield. And Vince brought up you would have to go into the quarterback search again. Uh, say that you think that you can get something for Baker Mayfield and you can like trade and get a slight upgrade at quarterback with all that talent you still have. Like You got to think that the Browns are going to try to wait this out as long as they can. I, I take a lot of heat for this take, but I'm not backing down. I think the Browns are still the second best team in the AFC and not because of Baker, because of everything around him. They're going to be really good with a lead in the fourth quarter. They play good defense, man. They can just run the clock out. Oh yeah. And with Baker Mayfield, you know, he doesn't need to be Josh Allen. And that's good for the Browns because he, yeah. he's not going to get there, but he's good enough. Like he's good enough. Like I'm not ever expecting him to put up gaudy numbers and be first team all pro and be an MVP candidate. That's not going to happen, but he's, I want game managers too harsh, but he's somewhere between game manager and a good quarterback. You know, I, I'm higher on him maybe than you guys are, but I think the team Mm -hmm. around him is going to, they, they could go far. And I still think they're the second best team in the AFC. Um, Love to be wrong about it. I would love to put the bills there, but for right now, I still think that's a good spot for them. And they upgraded this past off season more than we did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I'm not mad at anything you said. Um, they absolutely are a devastating team with a, with a fourth quarter lead. Um, I w- I'm not mad at you saying that they're the second best team in the AFC because on paper right now, as constructed, but probably say that after the free agency and the draft date they had, uh, as far as what we've been told from scouts about who the players are, I mean, they got some damn good players. So uh, we'll see if that translates to the NFL and, and it works in the Browns system and whatnot. But uh, as on paper, 
Yes, I'm, I'm not mad at you know them being the second best team in the AFC. I do think that there's something to say for continuity personally, uh, as far as it pertains to the Bills being uh, the second best team in the AFC, but I'm not mad at the Browns being that, right? Um, and you know what? I'm I'm not low on Baker. I just get irritated when like Browns fans think he's better than Josh, right? So yes, um, yes. Like, are you like are you serious right now? So that's why I'm so harsh on him. But you know what? I'm not mad at what you said, Vince, about him being a game manager, about him being good enough because he is. He is. He's he's decent enough. Like he's good enough. Obviously, they went to the playoffs. They uh, he kept. I mean, for what it's worth. He was the quarterback while they were in position to possibly beat the Chiefs, right? So, I guess something has to be said for that. So, uh, good enough is, is something I'm not mad at. I just want Josh to have his own progressive but, commercials. Um, is that too much to ahead. ask? <laughs> his own progressive like, you know, farmers, why would they not get Josh? Why would farmers not get Josh? Like, that is a no brainer to me. Why is he not? Farmers I mean, insurance? farmers or like, yeah, farmers or hell, make him like one of the next State Farm guys. Have him, Patty Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers all like right there. Like do that. Like that's yeah, a that trio right there of quarterbacks. Yeah. Get so, rid of that stupid emu commercial and put Josh in. Yeah, <laughs> the limu emu, whatever the hell that uh, is. We... Oh yeah, and Doug. <laughs> but um, yeah, and Doug. And, uh, uh, switch gears really quick. Um, I'm going to go to training camp and what, what's happening for the preseason, uh, as it were. Uh, so preseason, week one, Lions. I don't even think people really care about who our opponents are. It's more about, like, specific players that we want to see, you know, what they do, what they look like. Uh, so, Vince, what what are a couple of players who you're looking forward to and what are you expecting out of them? Well, the biggest thing that I was interesting in, interested in hearing about was Groot because in college he got, I think it's almost half his sacks from the interior running stunts. And that's not the same of what he's going to be asked to do when he suits up on Sundays in the NFL. I wanted to see him taking on tackles. I didn't care if, if I want to see it in a game, in a preseason game. I don't care if it's a third string guy. I want to see him beat a tackle and get the sack. And everything I'm hearing right now is just glowing and that's given me some positive feelings. And I try not to buy into much of the hype right now at training camp because everybody always says the right thing and they always say positive things. But uh, according to Matt Perino, that chop movie had last week, he was just over the moon about that. Daryl Williams is a really good right tackle in the league and he put him on his face. So um, Boogie Basham on the other side is making some noise. The defensive line, you know, that's what we invested in the most for the second year in a row, although this year not free agents, but in draft pick capital. Um, so that's what I'm most interested in hearing about. And uh, I know that you guys are wanting to talk about that cornerback two spot. So I'm going to let Jake drop that in there for us. I'll let, I'll let Justice throw the cornerbacks down because you said defensive line. I'm, I'm going to point at my camera, even though this is a podcast recording. You said defensive line. I want to see what the hell the offensive line is looking like, right? Do you see our depth chart when it comes to the amount of offensive linemen we have on here? Of course, they're camp bodies, but that's got to tell me that they're really looking at the depth that we needed offensive line. 
And with that, I want to see what the running backs are doing because I'm a big Matt Breida guy. I've seen Justice talking about Matt Breida on Twitter. I've seen people say that he's good when he gets to that, like getting to that edge, man. Like I love and appreciate what the other running backs bring to the room. But I think Matt Breida, when we brought him in, I was over the moon with it. So I want to see how this running back competition really shakes out. Now, obviously, Moss and Singletary are going to get most of the reps when it comes to, you know, the start starting type reps just to see who's going to win. But I think Breida and I've heard, uh, I think Justice too, through something about Antonio Williams was also one of the best running backs looking out there. So I want to see that competition. And I want to see what that offensive line is looking like, because I want to see the five best dudes out there. And I want to see our guys like Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown get some of those reps in there, man. You know, I'm, so I've been to the last two Bills uh, practices down at the stadium. Um, and this last practice on Saturday, uh, there was like hitting, you know, pads, uh, everything, the whole shebang, right? Um, and I will say that Brita looked damn good turning the corner. That boy is fast. Like, people can't really get a hold. Like, I saw – uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm totally blanking on his name. Number 52. He made a good stop on uh, Brita on the play where mm-hmm. I thought that it was over. Uh, so that was, you know, kudos to him. But it seemed like every other opportunity Brita got, he was he was making most of it. Um, and you know, people like you know uh, Mark, uh, I'm sorry, Jacques Louis. Uh, he he was saying that you know Antonio Williams was having the best day, which. I'm not mad at because anybody who knows me knows that I'm a huge Antonio Williams fan. I say he could possibly be RB2, and people don't like that, but whatever. And just hearing <laughs> that he had the strongest day in some people's opinion is, uh, you know, is validation for me as well because, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm not mad at him having the best day. Uh Although I feel like Breida made the most of his opportunities. And I don't know if the run game, like Singletary and Moss looked absolutely horrible. And I don't know if it was just them looking bad or if, because there was nothing to run through. Like, like it seemed like every single play was getting shut down. It was bad. Like anytime the offensive, uh, the first stringers were out there, the offense and the defensive first stringers were out there, they were shutting the run down. And I don't know if that is a good thing that our defensive line is coming into form, or I don't know if that just means that our offensive line is still not prepared. Not I do want to preface that by – I guess I can't preface it, but I do want to say that uh, Deion Dawkins wasn't there, I don't believe, and I don't believe Ike Barker was out there either. Um, so we had like Tommy Doyle. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember everybody. It was so hot up there. I'm sorry, guys. But – um, it didn't look good, so hopefully we look better with our starters, and hopefully we look better in the preseason uh, period because we, we need to get the run game going. And even if it's not like the focal point of our offense, it needs to be productive just so we can not be so one-dimensional. And uh, So, yeah. But uh, something I'm looking forward to in the preseason uh, this season – I, I've also watched Mitch Trubisky, right? Mitch Trubisky looks bad. I'm sorry, guys. I look, he looks awful. I'm just being real. 
can't move the ball. It doesn't really seem like he knows where to go with the ball. He's holding on to the ball. So how do you get sacked in practice where you can't get hit? Right? Like, I don't like, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking crap. Obviously I don't have to play the quarterback position and I'm sure they have to go through things that I can't even imagine. I'm just saying, I didn't see anybody else get sacked. Like, you know, Josh didn't get sacked. Uh, Davis Webb looked damn good. He did. Um, I, I, feel like Davis Webb looks better than Mitchell Trubisky. And I am kind of wondering if maybe, obviously, Josh is not going to play very much this preseason if he plays at all. So we might see a lot of Davis Webb. And I'm wondering if he's going to ball out and look better than Mitch Trubisky in preseason where everybody can see it. And if that happens, I'm kind of curious to see what will happen because do you keep Mitch as the as the QB two, just so he can have some value and maybe you can trade him away or like, do you just say screw it and, and put Davis Webb as your QB two? Like, I don't know what you would do in that situation, but Mitch does not look productive at all. I would say guys. Go ahead, Jake. Okay. I was just going to say, we've talked about Mitch Trubisky a lot. Obviously you've seen him in person and one of the things is i've always said that i think that mitchell trubisky is just your discount josh allen now when we talk about what you've seen with davis webb davis webb has also been a guy that i believe uh, a lot of people are just saying like hey he's he's a guy that also has some of those same type of skills that's sitting back there now i think what you're going to get in the preseason is mostly going to be it's going to be mitch trubisky's qb2 and then you're going to have either Davis Webb or Fromm trying to fight behind him. But if, for some reason, Davis Webb is looking better than Mitch Trubisky, and they think that Davis Webb actually gives them more value to the team than Mitch Trubisky, 100% they might trade him by, by the time it's out. Like, And they'll keep him at QB2, but they might be looking at Davis Webb more just to keep that value on Mitch that they still think that he's good enough to be QB2. Because if you start bumping him down the depth chart in preseason, he's not going to have any value. Right. That's my point, yeah. Uh, what are yeah, you going to say, Vince? It, it's still Mitch Trubisky's job. I'm not concerned. He's not going anywhere. He's, I feel like you've seen him at two practices and maybe those have been his bad days. But he's had good days, too. You know, listening to Sal and, and the Shout Podcast and Biscalia and those guys. So he's, he's certainly at least up and down. Uh, but that's who Mitch has been his entire career, right? Um, as far as Davis Webb, Davis Webb has been in the league for, what, three, four, five years? I don't even know. Hmm. And he's not thrown a, a one NFL pass this entire time. I believe he was a second-round pick. Might be third, but I think it's second. And everything we hear about him is that he's real smart and good at running those scout team guys. I think Davis Webb is solidly entrenched as a practice squad guy right now. I think – that if Josh Allen, that's me knocking on wood, but if Josh Allen were to get hurt like early in the year and Mitch had to step up and take control, I don't think either one of those guys is going to be QB2 in that situation. I think they go out and find someone else to take out, take the roster spot, and those guys stay down. Whoa, that's a hot take right there. Okay. Um Okay. And I'm I'm not I'm not mad at that. I'm not really this isn't like the damnation of Mitchell Trubisky. This is kind of just what I've been seeing you know with my own two eyes um i i, I haven't seen any of like uh sal's reports or anything uh talking about his good days so I, I can't really speak to that 
Um, but my whole thing was what happens if in the preseason, like Davis Webb just blows him out of the water, like, and it's just like so much better than Mitchell Trubisky. That is, that was kind of like my thing going into it. Um, obviously I'm not there every single day seeing what, uh, you know, Sean and Brandon, or I'm sorry, Brent, Sean, Brandon, Brian Dayball, get guys like that. They see, uh, so I can't speak to it with as much detail as them. All I'm saying is when I did look, Mitch didn't really look like he knew what he was doing. Like he looked confused out there on the field uh, sometimes. So that's that's just my thing. Like if Davis Webb goes into the preseason and he like looks as good as he has been looking at practice and then Mitch looks as bad as he's been looking at practice, uh, that's, that would be interesting dynamic to see kind of what Brandon and Sean do at that point. Uh, so that that's just kind of where my head was at with it. Also, to answer what Vince was asking, Davis Webb was drafted by the Giants in the third round of the 2017 NFL draft. So uh, he's uh, 2017. Okay. So that's and he's on his third team now. The I mean, with the Bills. Yeah. So I would, I would say that see Vince threw out that heater there saying that and you know a lot of people are probably going to catch on and just kind of saying that if Josh Allen goes down they're still going to go out and try to find somebody to replace it like you don't even yeah. think that Mitch Trubisky is a discounted Josh Allen and with a little help from Brian Dayball he can't no. run the offense that, effectively that's not what I'm saying I'm sorry I apologize I probably wasn't clear to be the new QB two because in that situation Mitch would be one so to be the backup in that situation oh. it wouldn't it wouldn't be oh, from okay. or all right all right all right Gotcha. All right. Okay. I, I okay. I now I understand that. Like, now I was, thought Mitch wasn't. I thought my man was be saying. the quarterback if Josh goes down. <laughs> yeah. Well, then Mitch would yeah. be one, and then then there'd be yeah, somebody gotcha. else too. All right. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and just thinking about uh, the tiers, I want to because this might be hot takes from all of us. We might be thinking differently. We were talking about running backs. What would you guys say is running back one, two, and three going this season? What would you predict? I know Justice and I, we're going to agree on this one, I think, on the first one anyway. We're both team motor all the way. Aren't we, Justice? Is that right? Okay. Uh, so I, <laughs> I think I want it to be motor one, but I think it's going to be Moss. I think um, yeah, I you're going to have motor and Brita sprinkled in. I think Taiwan Jones is still around. But because it didn't occur to me until just like last week or so, when they moved Reggie Gilliam back to fullback, that's going to be their answer to the running game is adding fullback back, that fullback back in. Um, I don't know. I think that's why they did it. I think, you know, I don't remember how much Pat DeMarco was on the field. It wasn't very much. It was like 10, 15, 20% of snaps, something like that. So I don't know how much will be in there, but I have to believe that they're concerned about that offensive line on the interior too. So that's why they're adding the fullback back there. To your point, though, they did have Lee Smith there, who was basically an extra lineman on the field. Yeah, as a blocking tight end, not as a fullback. Right. No, but, I mean, just that extra blocker for the run game specifically um, so that it could, you know, just be a little bit more productive than what it had been in the past. Uh, because we did used to be a great running team. It used to be the only thing we could do. Uh, so – it's kind of odd to see that you know they're having so much 
problems with it. It's kind of like the same with the defense. It's like, oh, now that we finally have a franchise quarterback, the defense wants to act suspect and the run game doesn't want to work. It's like really, really weird. Because they were like, those have been the staples of the Buffalo Bills for the last decade. So it's just odd to see. You know? We're going to take some time off. We've been doing all the work for the last 20 years, and you guys got it. We're, we're going to go grab some nachos and we're fine. I was about to say they were also missing the playoffs for like 17 years too. So they were like, you know, it's time to change. Let's be the complete opposite. So, uh, and maybe uh, it was lagging for me a little bit. So I have no idea what you guys said your RB one, two, and three were going to be. So if you would enlighten me. said that it was going to be, Vince said motor, I'm sorry, he said he wants it to be Motor Moss, but he said he feels like it's going to be Moss, Motor, uh, I'm sorry, Matt Burita, and Taiwan Jones. Okay. Uh, For me, I – what I feel like it will be is probably going to be uh, Moss, Motor, and Williams sprinkled in, and Matt Burita. Okay. I don't know – I don't know. I don't feel like Taiwan Jones. Oh man, I don't. I don't know because they have four. I feel like very talented backs, and I feel like they all four could contribute. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with this. I really hope they don't give up on Antonio Williams because he's special. And I remember there's been a couple like special Bills running backs that they just given up on. Um, I feel like Marcus Murphy could have been pretty good. I feel like. Mike Gillisley could have been pretty good. Like those were, you know, they they were tough runners for us and they were very productive and the Bills kind of gave up on them. And I feel like that might be the same thing with Antonio Williams here. I hope not. Um, Even Carlos Williams, remember him? He was pretty good. Like he he was balling out when he was with us, you know? So that's self-inflicted though with Carlos. That's on him. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, But yes. So really quickly, right. We got Stefan Diggs. Manuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis. That's four. Last two events, who, who you got? Well, McKenzie's safe. Nobody else is doing punt returns. And from they, what we're – Yeah, that's, that's very true. What we're hearing is that the other kick returners aren't looking good either. So that could be him doing all that, plus being a wide receiver five is what it sounds like right now. I'd like to see Marquez Stevenson make the team. don't think it's going to happen. Uh, there's, I'm not part of the Kumaro bandwagon. I just think he's another, he's 29 years old. I just think he's another camp hero and he's making great catches. That's fantastic. We've seen this movie before. Uh, the six wide receiver is probably going to be Hodgins. Not mad at that at all. What about you, Jake? Man, that's, this is going to be boring, but, uh, I think definitely you've got those four guys and then you're going to have Isaiah McKenzie because he's going to be returning. We did hear about Stevenson muffing some punts and stuff or muffing a punt. And just, you, you got to believe that they're going to go with the guy with the more secure hands, which is something that when I talked with Dave Tilton, when I was over at uh, BF, we talked about, and he said, that because I was talking about, uh, we were saying, would we rather have Andre Roberts or have Isaiah McKenzie take that spot? And he brought up that Isaiah McKenzie had some ball handling problems. And, you know, we we talked about that as well. So, you know, it's it's kind of funny to hear that he's 
actually having that Marquez Stevenson is the one who's having the ball handling issues. But nonetheless, I think it's going to be it's going to be McKenzie. And then the last one, I there's a reason why Jay Kumaro is always bouncing around. And I think the reason why he wasn't on the Bills last year is because of like like an he caught the touchdown and then got cut. And then there was like an injury thing and something like that. Like he's there's always been some reason for Jay Kumaro to be just on the bubble. And I think that Isaiah Hodgins is probably going to take that spot. But would I love touchdown Jesus to actually make our roster just so Aaron Rodgers can sit over in Green Bay and be like, see, I told you. I told you that that guy can make a roster. Then I'd like that too. And everything we're hearing is that Hod- or uh, that Kumaro looks pretty good. And I think that Hodgins, I mean, I think it's a little bit redundant, even though people are like, oh, he's good at high-pointing the ball and things like that. I think Gabe Davis can just do that and be more productive anyway. So I think that Gabe Davis is more productive all over the whole field and not just in the red zone. Um but that's a conversation for another day. So I think that it's going to be McKenzie and Hodgins, but I would love for it to be Kumaro just because I love the name Touchdown Jesus. What about, hey, <laughs> give us a six-round pick and we'll send you Kumaro back to shut Aaron Rodgers up. See, that was one of my, that was one of my things I said in uh, one of my pods is I was like, hey, I was like, if you if Brandon Bean wants to, you know, pick up the phone, maybe that's why all the reports coming out of Bill's camp are saying that Jay Kumro's looking so damn good, is they want the Green Bay Packers to think that he's just looking like he's gonna make the roster regardless. And Aaron Rodgers is like, Hey, you gotta go get that guy. And listen, then listen, Trey, Trey, just let him get it. It's fine. I know, I know. Just let him catch it. It's fine. Just let it Oh my god, EJ is probably like probably like dying. And then he's like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's oh, – uh, um, but, yeah, no, definitely McKenzie, and I think it's going to be Hodgins. Okay. Justice. All right. Um, I personally am of the belief that uh, Jake Kumaro is, at the moment, he's a, he's a roster lock. Um, unless it's kind of like his one of the positions is his position to lose to me. Uh, he had a bad drop yesterday or Saturday, um, and that was like, oh, that was kind of cringy. Uh, but other than that, he's been looking good, he's been running nice routes, he's been reliable, uh, he's been catching almost everything. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like you know, I remember Bean talked about how last year after the Packers game, they had to release him, and then he didn't clear waivers. And the, the Packers, you know, went and picked him up, and he was like they were really disappointed. So I feel like, you know, he has some value with, with Bean and McDermott, uh, and they do like, you know, what he brings to the table. Um, I, I, I feel like he's a roster lock, and I feel like uh, Isaiah McKenzie – also, I've been hearing great things out of camp about him, about how he's looking much better as a route runner. He's making sharp cuts. He's, you know, just out there making, you know, having great routes. Um, so uh, that's very encouraging. Now, Stevenson, Kumaro, Hodgins, right? I'm not wishing injury on anybody, but I promise you, watch what I tell you. One of them is going to end up on IR 
Okay. One of them is going to end up on IR for the, for the season. Okay. And I don't even think it's going to be an injury. I think they just want to keep them for the future going forward. Um, and so you, you say, Oh, he's injured. Oh, what can you do? You know what I mean? And then you get to keep him on your roster going forward. Uh, because do that I feel with, like you uh, kind of have to, you have to prepare for uh, San, I'm sorry, Emmanuel Sanders being gone. You have to prepare for a Cole Beasley that could possibly be gone pretty soon. Um, and I feel like those are guys that you want to potentially take over the next wave of, you know, talent at the wide receiver position. What are you going to say, Jake? I was just going to say that probably your most likely candidate for that is just going to say that Isaiah Hodgins' uh, shoulder thing came back from last year. It's bothering him, throw him on IR. Like, I, I feel like out of the – who did you say? Did you say Kumaro, Stevenson, and Hodgins, or was the third guy different? Hodgins. McKenzie. Yeah, Hodgins. Hodgins, yeah. Okay. So – I think McKenzie who, makes it. Yeah, so – and you're saying that Kumaro is a roster lock, right? So those are the two guys. At, as of right now, I feel right like now. he is, yes. Yeah, okay. I I, I – See, I, I want to believe that. I want to believe that so much, Justice. I want touchdown Jesus on this roster just so every single time he scores a touchdown, I can be that one guy who's just shouting it in my living room or actually in my office where I am right now. But still, like, I I love that. And I love the fact that we're so damn deep at receiver that we're all sitting here like, man, who's, who's not going to make it? I mean, you can just remember when we had – Zay Jones and Robert Foster, and we're just sitting here like, man, man, like, and then yeah, I we re- may have had Zay Jones and Robert Foster, but at least we had Kelvin Benjamin as our number one. <laughs> there's an, there's I was another so one when we traded for him. I feel like such a fool, bro. I was too because I was like, okay, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, he was having the beef with Cam Newton, and then we get him. And I'm like, okay, he didn't want to be there. We're going to get Kelvin Benjamin. Of course, he was from literally the town right next to where I lived at the time. So we were all we were all in on Kelvin Benjamin. And this guy comes out, overweight. Josh's like, hey, you want to get some throws in? He's like, nah. No, I'm good, man. <laughs> nah, man. I'm not. <laughs> need to get a like. Like just hearing that, I was like, man. Vince, why did that then, probably sound exactly how it sounded? I feel like that was like a week or two after Vontae Davis just pulled his magician oh back in. I, oh hey, man, I can't do this no more. I don't even think he told anybody. I think he just walked out of the facility. Right. Have you seen Vontae? No, I think he's supposed <laughs> to be out there right now. I love I love the Trey White, the, that Trey White like live that they were doing when they were talking about that. He's like, this is a young man's game. I can't do this no more. I'm leaving. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was awesome. <laughs> Where they talked about that? That was hilarious. Man. That was hilarious. That was awesome. Man, I can't do this no more. Oh, my God. The <laughs> shit that we've gone through, guys, to get to where we are, where we're a perennial Super Bowl Absolutely. contender team. This is this is crazy. And then locking up our quarterback that's going to keep us in contention in that spot, hopefully, for the next eight damn years, dude. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Um excited as well again i spoke to his being the first time i've uh you know we've uh, me personally because you know of my age but uh 
having a franchise quarterback. So obviously it's also the first time really being a Super Bowl contender. Although every year we kind of like hyped ourselves up to believe, well, this could be the year, like maybe something crazy will happen. You know, uh, but obviously we didn't really truly believe that. We were just being hopeful Bills fans as usual. However, uh, today we are going to end off the podcast with hot takes. I need a hot take. I need a hot take. All right, so get your brains Stir it up and figure out. I already out. got it. I got it, it right like here. A juicy one. Like, I get, got it right here. Give it to me. Dane Jackson has never been worthy of CB2. I'm sorry. Everybody is going to go up in flames with that. But from what we've seen and what we've heard, it's Levi Wallace's job, bar none. And we all kind of knew that that was happening. Uh, Dane Jackson had some spurts throughout the season where we liked him. We thought, oh, this kid has some juice to him, but this guy, uh, as far as we know, like he, we thought, oh, it's him and Levi battling for that position. I don't, from what we've heard, Levi got all of the first team snaps, whether it was a few practices ago, it was just him running with the first team almost for every single snap. Uh, Dane Jackson probably was in contention for a little bit, but dude is just not as consistent I mean, last year, for as many good defensive plays that he had, he had things where it was just blown coverages and dude was not doing what he was supposed to do. So I really think that Dane Jackson, we love to have that story where we think somebody's going to upset Levi Wallace, but it's just not going to happen. There's not a cornerback on the roster right now that's better than Levi Wallace for the cornerback two position. I'm sorry for anybody who thinks it was Dane Jackson. I mean, I know Vince probably agrees with me. I've never really been on the Dane Jackson train. Obviously, I was hopeful. I really wanted Dane Jackson to be the guy who could be better than Levi Wallace. But it, from everything that we've heard, he's just not. So the hope is almost gone. I mean, the, let's let's take it in the preseason. Maybe, maybe something changes. But as of what we know right now, that CB2 spot is – pretty much going to be Levi Wallace again. Yeah, it's funny how a couple, uh, just a handful of plays can really skew your entire perception of a player. Because if we think about Teron Johnson, he had those two pick sixes and everyone thinks he's wonderful. He was garbage for a lot of the year. I was he got benched. He got benched, you know, but that's how we remember him because they're amazing plays. And by the way, they are franchise defining plays. Mm-hmm. And with Dane Jackson, where he gets up in the face of DeAndre Hopkins and he had a couple picks, but what we don't remember is we couldn't watch any, there was no preseason games last year, but guys like Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot, guys that were actually able to watch the practices did not have very glowing things to say about his seventh round pick goal last year. And we're hearing the same things this year. So I don't know. I never really had a strong opinion of him. Like I didn't want to call him trash because I just didn't know how to feel about him, but I didn't, from what I'm hearing, I don't think he's done anything to take out Levi. Justice. What do you think about your hot take? (sighs) Hot take. Oh, what do I think about Dane? Yeah. Oh, okay. We're already talking to me. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like he's a second-year pro. He's this is his first preseason. Uh, he's a seventh-round pick. I don't 
I don't think it's far fetched to say, hey, here, grow into the role. I don't think it's impossible that he couldn't become our CB2 one day. Um, I, I feel like he probably just needs to learn the ropes and, you know, get his feet wet. So uh, I, I'm not going to, you know, damn him to like, you know, the practice squad or anything. Uh, but I feel like, you know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with, you know, Dane Jackson at a slot, learning the slot, you know, being the third cornerback, whatever the case may be. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I feel like he has potential for sure. Uh, but what is your hot take, Vince? Tremaine Edmonds is going to be a top three paid linebacker in this league. That's a hot take? I don't know. I don't have any hot takes. That's the best <laughs> I can come up with. No, uh, I, but I don't I don't like that one. I don't like it don't either, but I, I, I feel like that's the way it's going. I'm I'm not gonna cheer for it when it happens. I just think that's the way it's going. I I hundred percent think mean, that especially you know after that the is, that is a hot after take the time. Darius Leonard thing. Uh, today, right? Darius Leonard signed. Fred Warner last week. Yeah, so it, the market is just getting more and more expensive, and you know the next guy up is Tremaine Edmonds. And as much as I want to think that Tremaine Edmonds alone would be worth that, I don't think he is. I really think a lot of him is linked with being with Matt Milano, and I don't think that if you just took Tremaine Edmonds by himself and put him there, that he's worth that amount of money at all. But there's a hot take. Throw up, throw up some flames. He's not worth that much money. I'm sorry. After I saw what Darius Leonard signed for, I was like, oh my god, that's gonna be a headache. I feel like I'm among friends and I want to hug you guys because I feel like I'm out there fighting this battle <laughs> on my own sometimes. And to hear you guys agree with me, I'm like, I have friends here. It's it's okay, Vince. The the thing I'm is, you're fi- you're fighting the battle. I'm sitting here watching you fight the battle, and I'm just like. I'll let Vince get flamed for this because if I go out there and say that. Oh, well, then I'm not amongst friends. I'm a, you're just letting me take all the arrows in the back while you just let you. eating popcorn. Okay. We're the, I mean, I mean, we're the we're the backup, Vince. But like sometimes, sometimes those Tremaine Edmonds got like let let let's not put it past Tremaine Edmonds. I want him to be that guy. Like I'm not, but from what we've shown. Yeah, the dude is athletic as hell. He's a freak, but he's not. I don't think that he's got it all in between the ears to in the position that a guy like Fred Warner and Darius Leonard has. I think that that's my only knock with Tremaine Edmonds. He's athletic. I, I, I kind of feel like it's the exact opposite. I feel like really? he does. I feel like he does have it between the ears. His only problem is he's not like aggressive enough. I feel like he's not physical. He's not like go out there and excuse me, punch you in the mouth and like 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 change the, the intensity of the game. And he's you know he's not that guy to me. He's not like that high energy. But I feel like he can play the position. I feel like if he was just more mean, aggressive, and like just just a physical guy, I feel like his he would be more. I guess dominant, right? Because I feel like he has the tools to to be dominant. He could be dominant. He's fast. He's strong. He's long. He's you know. He's a lot of different you know quality. He has a lot of uh, quality you know attributes to to his name. Um, however, he has made two Pro Bowls, and I still feel like uh, I would rather wait till next season to pay him. 
Uh, he to me, he kind of feels like like uh, the Baker Mayfield of linebackers, right? Like it's kind of like there's the hot take. there's the hot take. I feel like he he could you know he he could be good, right? We're waiting to see it, and we've seen glimpses of it, and we're like, okay, it's there. Just do it all the time, and he's he's yet to do that, right? So. Um, I I definitely would like to wait to pay him next year, and if he balls out this season, throw the bag at him. But earn it, you know. That's kind of just where I'm at with it. And just to clarify, when I was saying that I sat, I sit back and watch Vince do all of the uh, the battling on Twitter for it. The only reason I sit back and do that is because I cannot care to engage with the people that like to argue like that on Twitter. I think that that's almost ridiculous to try like i get it you have a different opinion cool all right i'm not gonna try to convince you i will convince everybody i i know vince is like when i give my opinion on twitter and people will come out the woodwork and start like arguing i'm like bro you believe what you believe i don't care like just let me have my own opinion but yeah uh, that's impossible and to add on uh just to what i i felt like tremaine edmonds had that aggression not of course he wasn't out there headhunting and killing like dudes but i felt like last year a lot of that just got hampered by his injury i think the intensity kind of slowed yeah, down because my yeah. yeah that my dude like i felt like years before that he had a little bit of that intensity but this year it almost felt a little reeled back because my dude was dealing with that bum shoulder and he didn't want to just go take some dudes out and risk re-injuring it so i felt like that had a little bit to do with it last season so as well, when it- the, the value for Tremaine right now is, oh, yes, he's young. Okay. Mm. T- take all that aside. Because if we're going to pay somebody, you don't pay somebody because they're young. You pay somebody mm. because they're good. So he is really athletic. He can, he's rangy. He can go sideline to sideline. But the problem is when he makes a tackle, he's not making the play. He's cleaning something up. He doesn't have any game-changing plays. He's not making a lot of tackles on the other side of the line of scrimmage. He's like, when was the last time you that he's made a play that changed the series, right? Changed the offensive series. You know, he's he makes a tackle and they're five-yard pass. You know, they got five-yard gain or something. He's not that guy. He's fine. He's he's just fine. You know. Now, I, I say this all the time because it's possible that he can get it together because he is hesitant. You can look and you can see him second guessing himself. I'm going to take a step this way. Oh shit. I need to go this way. He does that all the time. He can grow into that. He can get better. Absolutely. But that's not why you give somebody a contract. Well, we'll give you $20 million here. We hope you get better. That's what's going to happen. I think because they've they're he's their, he's their investment and they're, they're going to stay committed to him to some level. And his awareness is a little spotty. Like, there's been, mm-hmm. you know how many times I've seen him miss an interception where he could have or should have had it, and it's like you could have changed the game right there. Like, like, you know, I just wish he was more consistent. That's all. What are you going to say, Jake? Um, I was just going to say. So when it comes down to his contract, right? When if with the Pro Bowls under his belt and stuff, and he they come to the table, do you think we really have the like I understand the investment we have in Tremaine Edmonds, but do you guys see that if they come to the table and they have these, you know, hey, he's made two Pro Bowls and he's still this young and everything, like do you think that gets thrown on the table and we 
have the risk of really losing Tremaine Edmonds because Bean is oh, not going to overpay for him? I don't think we have the risk of losing him. I feel like he <laughs> understands what Buffalo is about. I feel like he's a team player, and I feel like they they kind of have that, uh, you know, that camaraderie in the organization where they understand what the goal is, right? Same with Josh. I mean, his contract is gaudy, but it's it's not as gaudy as it could have been. Like Josh could have mm-hmm. pushed for a lot more, right? Um, but I, I feel like Tremaine is kind of on the same path, and uh, I feel like you know that that. Bean is a wizard, and I feel like Tremaine is actually one of the five, six, or seven uh, indispensable pieces where we kind of we're not giving up on them anytime soon. So I feel like even if we do slightly overpay for him, it will only be slightly. I don't feel like he's going to mm-hmm. command like a crazy contract. No, I don't think there's any risk in losing him because I mean that's my entire point is I think they're just they're locked in to not losing on their investment. Like we drafted a, we the quote developed you and we're going to pay you. And maybe he's not top three, maybe he's top five, but he's going to get way too much money for me to be happy about it. But (laughs) if, if I were Brandon Bean and it came down to, you know, paying him 18 million or really anything more than 11 or 12, 13, I'm kind of really turned off. I would try to find a trade partner. I'd start again. That's what I would do. That's not Mm. what's going to happen, but that's what I would do. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I, I like Tremaine. I feel like he can get better. Um, I'm really. I'm. I'm confident in the whole continuity thing. I'm confident in the development that our coaches have been able to to do over the years. So I have no reason to believe that they can't do the same thing with a superstar talent like Tremaine Edmonds. Who, like I said, talent as in he could be a superstar. Possibly, we'll see. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but. Um, I feel like they could probably get uh, or maximize his potential, basically. Um, but I'm going to get into my hot take, and my hot take is simple. Uh, I just I feel like uh, Antonio Williams is going to have the most rushing touchdowns and rushing yards of the preseason. Okay, I'm glad like I'm glad you said preseason. Take. I'm glad you said preseason. Oh yeah, I thought. I thought you were about to come out and say that this man was going to have the most rushing touchdowns in the season. I was about to be like, no. that's not a hot take. You just scorched the damn earth saying that. because, <laughs> <laughs> like, If he had oh, the opportunity, man. he might, but I don't think he'll get the opportunity. I'm, I'm trying to think of where in the chart he stands, where he might get the most playing time if he is towards the back end. Yeah, I could see him getting the most attempts to be able to go and show and get touchdowns. At that point, you're running against absolute nobodies that are just trying to stay in the league. So I could see that. I mean, but I mean, I'd like to see what Matt Breida can do too. I would. It just depends on where they fall on the chart and how much, how many snaps they get. I, I mean, during the preseason, sure. Yeah, he's he's probably going to get a ton of carries. Moss and Motor will get fewer. Uh, I like to Jake's point. It's probably going to be between Brita and Williams. I'm not as high on Williams as everybody else. I'm starting to see all the the, the Williams love. Hey, this guy couldn't crack the last the roster last year, except for the, you know the the last week of the year where it was reward everyone for their hard work and and give them a chance to play in a game. And that Dolphins team just gave up. You know, so we we can say that. 
we can fall in love maybe I think sometimes a little bit too much with the player after just one game but this was a guy that we just kept cutting he's on the practice squad he's off the practice squad he's on the practice squad he's off the practice squad so how much do they how much should they really like him uh, I'm sure he's working really hard and I'm not if he makes a team I'm not mad and this is just my prediction I'm, I'm not actively rooting against him um, and maybe he does go somewhere else and, and that's fantastic because that means that our running backs that we have here is are supposed to be better uh, but I don't I don't know. I'm not really looking for big things from him. See, it's interesting, uh, Vince. You see that as a detriment to a player's uh, value. I kind of see it as, as a benefit. Like, I, I kind of see, like, if they keep getting rid of you, keep bringing you back. I, I know how, like, roster positions work, and they only have a limited amount of this to do that and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's some guy – when. I feel like Bean is so good at evaluating talent, right? He's like, oh, wow, like certain players have tools that everybody doesn't have. Like these guys are special. All it takes is for us to develop this talent, and then they could possibly be special for us. And I feel like Antonio Williams is one of those guys. And I feel like the reason they keep getting rid of him, keep bringing him back is because they know they don't have the roster space to keep him permanently yet because he's not exactly where they want him to be. But I feel like they believe he could get to a point where they're like, hey, uh, this guy is is on our, you know, he, he's a big part of what we do. And, you know, he's he's productive in that way. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like that's a, a good thing. And uh, he's looked good in, in more than just the regular season game. And, you know, the, the Dolphins did have a playoff berth on the line. And, you know, you are playing backup. So to me, that should inspire you to go out there and try to make a comeback. Um, although I, I guess you could say they gave up. I'm not really sure. I don't know what their psyche was feeling like on the, on the field um, at the time. But I do know that he looked like he looked good in that game. And he's looked good every single time I've seen him uh, up to that point. And I've also heard good things about him. So that's kind of just uh, where my love for Antonio Williams comes from. Uh, how do you feel about Jake? About what, Antonio Williams? Yeah. Well, when it comes to Antonio Williams, again, I don't think we need to fall in love with him like we have with some players like Duke Williams and guys that have shown that they pretty much live on the practice squad. However, I do like that he did make the most of his opportunity in that Miami game. Uh, ripping the absolute heart out of the Miami Dolphins and running all over it. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And I like that he took that opportunity. However, I don't know. I've We've heard some good things come out of camp about him. But I would have to say, when I'm thinking about Antonio Williams, I just don't know if he's going to be anything more than a camp darling that we sit there and every single time we're just like oh well there antonio williams how about we call him up and then you're gonna see matt Breida, or hell you might even see taiwan jones called up just because he's a special teamer so who who knows i and again i want everybody to have success but i think that again our running back room has two guys that we've drafted in higher positions and I don't think that they're really expendable. And we have a guy like Matt Brito who is, if the team is going to stick with the zone running concepts that they do use, he's a guy who's well-versed in those from the systems that he has been in. 
And I think that Antonio Williams is just kind of the odd man out because Taiwan Jones plays special teams. So, and I understand that Antonio Williams can also play special teams. So maybe he takes over that Taiwan Jones role, which is the one thing that if you are an Antonio Williams fan, you do hold out hope for that. That would be more preferable to me because Taiwan Jones doesn't do anything about special teams. So if he, if you can get somebody that can handle two spots, obviously that's more attractive. I just don't think it's likely. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but um, I mean, that'd be more interesting. I think he's having, he's having some issues there. I can see. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix my camera. It's yeah, all blurry. Yeah, he's trying to get into focus, <laughs> but uh I mean, we're we're just about finished anyway. Uh, man, great great pod, guys. I really appreciate both of you guys coming on. Obviously, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Vince Taylor, uh, Buffalo on the brain every single Monday. He, he's the day before me. I, I pretty much know the whole schedule at this point by heart. But uh, Buffalo on the brain every single Monday. Uh, it actually drops. It dropped yesterday. So go listen to that right now because. It's Pod's pretty much over. Uh, tell them where they can follow you, Vince, on Twitter, the Facebook, and the Instagram thingy thingies that people like to use. I only have a Twitter account. You can find me at Podcast Vince for all kinds of nonsense and really just nonsense. I don't know why anybody listens to me at all. So, because <laughs> you have great opinions. But anyway, uh, then we also have uh, appreciate you come f- for coming on, uh, Mr. Jake Jordan. Uh, the lowdown every single Friday, uh, first round by starting August 16th. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out as well. Uh, please Jake, let them know where they can reach you. You can reach me at Jake, the bills fan on Twitter, uh, where I pretty much just talk about whatever I want. And, uh, most critics would agree uh, the Vince's podcast is a podcast, so make sure to go uh, check that out as well. Uh, my podcast is on Fridays on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, uh, The Lowdown. I do it. Me and Justice have been just collabing on a bunch of stuff. Now we're going to be doing uh, the first round by. That's going to be great. Uh, and then also we're going to be doing the Max Marvel podcast, which we will start doing soon, especially with What If starting so we're going to be doing that. So if you are into Marvel stuff, then make sure to check that out as well. Maximum Marvel on YouTube. You'll be able to find the page and subscribe to be able to see all of that stuff when it comes out. So that's it. Go check all that stuff out. And it's been awesome being on here with you two guys. These are two of my favorite guys in Built in Buffalo right now. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate it, Jake. Uh, appreciate both of you guys for coming on. This is the Bills and Buffalo Podcast Network, and we are out. Thank you for listening to The Wind Chill Factor with your host, Justice General. Be sure to catch Justice every Tuesday only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. <laughs>